Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I said that today is a day where we will spend our time considering the subject of comfort. Therefore, let me ask you a question. What is it that gives you comfort? Well, I know my daughter would, and she was little, she had a blanket, and she dragged it everywhere she went, and it gave her comfort. In fact, we had to put it at nighttime in the freezer before she went to bed so that it would give her cool comfort at night to go along with the five pacifiers that she had to have in her bed. And she could count from the time she was two because she had to have all five. That gave her comfort. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, I have a blanket. Or what about uh, we even have that thing on a bed? Don't we call it a comforter? So the bed is a place of comfort. Some are thinking, no, I'm thinking about comfort food, chocolate, donuts. I say, bring on the good juicy hamburger. Comfort food, when you're down and out and you want to be comforted, some people run to food. Some think about Shoes, for instance, I found Skechers shoes a few years ago, and that's all I wear now. I love them. They are comfortable. We think about comfort in a lot of different ways. And so whatever is in your mind about comfort, I expect today that I'm going to, if not change your mind, give you a different view about comfort. The text read for us is two verses of a larger context down through verse 11, where this is the most extensive passage related to the comfort that God promises. It uses the word, which we hear comfort, in those verses 10 times. This passage tells us a lot about comfort, and I want us to think about it, and maybe think about it in a way that you had not even considered before. The verse begins in verse 3 by saying, as was read, God is the God of all comfort. Now, our title for today is that God promises comfort. Well, if God is going to promise comfort... He is the God of all comfort. It is necessary for us to understand this word and what it means. The word that we are considering today in the Greek is pronounced paraklesis. It has different forms. And this word is simply the idea of an urge or a call from someone, and it delivers God's divine decree, His counsel, His message, His verdict. Literally, the word is a compound word, and it means to call 
alongside of. That's comfort. Can't you think of a child who's crying and a parent goes and picks the child up to hug, to call alongside of. That's the idea of comfort. And that's exactly what this word means is to call alongside of. Therefore, there are some rather interesting ways that the word is translated in Scripture based upon the context. For instance, sometimes the word is translated exhort, beseech, appeal, or beg. And in that way, it is from the person calling to another person, I'm begging you to come here and find comfort. So this alongside of idea, we think about comfort, what is it then? Well, comfort is when someone or something close beside you presents God's verdict of peace into your life. That is comfort. It is also interesting that the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, and 16 is called, and some translators simply transliterated the Greek word and call it the paraclete, or the one who comes along beside. Jesus was comforting his disciples in those last hours before his crucifixion. And he knew that he was going to be leaving them. And he said, if I go away, I will send to you the comforter or the helper, or I will send someone along beside you. The Holy Spirit is God's presentation of himself alongside of us to offer the help that we need. It is also used in 1 John 2 and in verse 1 about Jesus. He is called our advocate or the paraclete, the one who stands beside us to plead our case before a righteous God. This is the concept of comfort. When God, who is the God of all comfort, then comforts us, He is saying, I am coming along beside you to give you my verdict of peace for your life. There may never have been a time in your life when you needed comfort more than you do right now. I have talked to many people in the past who lived through the days of the Great Depression in the 1930s. And that was an extended period of time when people suffered and had all kinds of problems. And, and we really can't even imagine, I'm sure, how we could go through a time of that many years. All we can imagine is, let's see, nine or ten months. We've been through it. We know what it means not 
to be in comfort. And God, who is the God of all comfort, offers us comfort in this situation. But think with me, if you will, about maybe a twist on the idea of comfort. God promises comfort to his people, but what is he saying? Number one, I think it is important for us to realize that Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew 5 and verse 8. It is important for us to realize that the people that God offers comfort to are those who mourn. Well, now wait a minute. Does God not offer comfort when people are not mourning? Well, think about it this way. If you're not mourning, you really don't need comfort. If you're not upset, you don't really need comfort. If something's not bothering you, comfort is not what you're looking for. But what is Jesus saying? He's certainly not talking about comfort and mourning over physical things. The comfort that God offers is a spiritual idea. It is a comfort that God says through Jesus that I'm going to give you if you are one who mourns. God never intended for the world to take the turn that it took. What he created in that garden was perfect. It was very good, in fact, he said. And everything was there for the needs and the comfort, the peace, the serenity of the two individuals who inhabited that place. God never intended for the world to look the way that it does today. But the reason that it looks this way is because of one thing. Sin entered the world. And every type of uncomfortable situation, every kind of displeasure, every kind of sin and sickness and disease, every kind of failure and heartbreak, every one of them is because of sin. And Jesus says, I want to give you comfort. When you mourn. This idea of comfort in mourning says that there is a spiritual connotation to the idea of mourning and getting comfort. There is a spiritual connection to this. God is not just saying, I'm wanting to fix all of the things that cause you discomfort. I don't want to make you simply feel good all the time. God's comfort is related to our proper attitude toward the uncomfortable things that are the result of sin. Here is the point. 
If we simply want to think of God giving us comfort in physical terms of just making us happy all the time, making us feel good all the time, giving us these warm, fuzzy feelings, that's not the comfort God's talking about. Tonight, we're going to notice that God who promises comfort never promised to take uncomfortable things out of our lives. Not one time. So there's a connection between my attitude toward the uncomfortable things because of their relationship to sin. And God says, there is where I will comfort you when you mourn. How many times this year have you consciously thought of a connection between sin and COVID-19. Have you? That's what God wants us to do. God wants us to see all of this as the result of sin. He wants us to understand this is not how God intended for it to be. And our mourning should be for the damage that sin has caused. Certainly we care about being uncomfortable physically. We care about people who hurt physically. But all of that should be based on the fact that we accept, understand, acknowledge that it's all here because the devil's at work and sin is around us everywhere. And it is sin that brought every bit of this discomfort. God says, I'm going to give you comfort. I promise. For those who mourn, what does he say? Well, number one, don't quit. Keep working and eat your own food. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and in verse 12, Paul was addressing Christians who thought that the Lord was about to return and therefore they just quit working, gave up their jobs and they sat down and said, I'm just going to sit here and wait on the Lord. And Paul said, wait a minute, I want to comfort you by rebuking you and reminding you that if you don't work, you should not eat. When we mourn over sin, don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. God says, if you want to find comfort, you mourn over the sin, but you keep working your life and you do your work and you eat your food and you do what you ought to do. Number two, if you mourn over the sin of the world and the circumstances that it is produced, it will drive you into Scripture. And that's where you'll find comfort. 
Romans 15 verse 4, whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Christians who mourn, God's people who mourn over a sinful world, they do their work and they drive themselves into scripture to find the comfort that God wants to give. And finally, third, God promises comfort to his people because he has left us a hope in an eternal comfort. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 4, apparently he was having to correct some misunderstandings. There were Christians there who were so convinced that Jesus was going to return that they thought he was coming in their lifetimes. And yet some of their brethren had died already. And now they were sad. Thinking they've missed it. They're not going to get to see Jesus. But Paul corrected their understanding to help them understand what was going on. And the final words he gave in verse 18 of chapter 4, Therefore, brethren, comfort one another with these words. God's promise of comfort to his people is connected to their ability and decision to mourn over sin. And when they mourn over sin and over the devastating effects of sin, they don't just give up. They keep working. When everything seems to be going wrong, when nothing seems to be going in the direction that you think it should, you don't quit. You keep right on working and eat the bread that you work for. You dive into the scriptures. You let the Bible be the place where you find the comfort that God wants to offer. And keep your mind focused on the fact that heaven is real. And that one day we will be in a place where there is nothing but comfort. And we therefore can get through anything here to get there. But a third thought I have for you today is to understand that God expects His comforted people to comfort people. God promises that He will comfort us. And one of the ways he does it is by his people comforting each other. I have a challenge for you. I would love to have you through the chat function, through email, through text. I would love to have you give ways that you have been comforted by someone this year. 
Whatever it is. I'd love to hear the various things that brethren have done to give you comfort during this year. Love to collect a bunch of those because that's exactly what God promises. That's exactly what God wants. That's exactly what He expects us to do. God promises comfort, but He's going to work through us to give it to each other. He does it, number one, by us giving them the Word of God. Have you sent a text someone this year that simply has a Bible verse in it that you think would help them? Have you been in a Bible study with someone just for the purpose of studying together and drawing comfort from that. One of the things that is the most comforting thing in my life is this Bible study that I have ongoing for a number of years now. It is spiritually comforting. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is helping that group of early Christians understand how the miraculous gifts are supposed to work. Now, I don't believe we have those miraculous gifts today, but I think it is interesting that the miraculous gifts are what they were because it seems to me that the miraculous gifts highlighted the very same things that we still have today in a non-miraculous way. There was the gift of knowledge that people could just know without having studied. God wants us to know, and He gives us the knowledge that we need. Not miraculously. There is the ability to speak, and the ability to help, and to talk, and, and to reach out to others. But in this context, He's make, making 1 Corinthians 14, a couple of times He says that prophecy, the, tongue, the, the gift of prophecy, which simply means to speak forth from God. It might tell the future, but it also just simply might talk about things. The gift of prophecy was for the purpose of comforting people. He said it twice. He said it in verse 3, said it again down in verse 31. The idea is that prophecy, the gift of prophecy, was speaking the Word of God in order to comfort people. That's why it was not done in a tongue, but rather in the language of the people so that they could understand it. God wants us, just like He did them through the gift of prophecy, He wants us to present the message of God to people who are not comfortable. I would challenge you, maybe today, why not reach out to someone with a text of Scripture and in so doing, helping them to find comfort in that situation? I think it could be very helpful. I think it could be very helpful not only to them, but I also think it could be very helpful to you knowing that you have done that. Number two, God gives His comfort to others through us when we forgive them truly. You know what was happening in Corinthians, in, in Corinth. 
That church had a man who was living with his stepmother in, in a sexual relationship and, and they were just accepting it and saying, hey, this is a good thing and how powerful we are that we can overlook it. And Paul wrote him and said, this is terrible. You need to stop this. I want to rebuke it. And you need to send them over to Satan so that he can be cured of his sin. They learn to get away from that and come back. And so what they did was they were harsh and mean and rough on him. And Paul had to write back to them, 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 7, reaffirm your love to him and comfort him. He said, it is comforting to know that when you fail, that somebody will still not hold it against you. One of the ways that we comfort each other is by forgiving them truly. Forgiving them and helping them to have a relationship again. Sadly, there may be people during this year when things have been so tough and we've been disconnected as a church family and we've been away from the things that give us strength and power. There may be people who have lost some of their spiritual zeal and they have lost their faith. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be wonderful? If we could reach out to them, especially if they admit their sin and have fallen away from God, and we just embrace them and say, it's okay. Come on back. That's how God comforts his people. Number three, this one might sound a little odd to you, but it fits extremely well for our shepherds. It fits extremely well for deacons and, and for leaders in all kinds of ways. We should comfort each other by keeping each other informed about things that are happening. Twice, Ephesians 6, 21 and 22, Paul said, I have sent to you... Uh, Tychicus or Tychicus, however you want to pronounce it. And, and he is going to come there and tell you about what's happening with us so that you will be comforted. It's also in Colossians 4 and verse 8. Paul knew that the people were concerned about him. And he would help them. He would comfort them by keeping them informed about his life. Our shepherds need to inform us consistently. It gives us comfort. Parents need to inform their children of what's happening in the family. It gives them comfort. Leaders in all kinds of ways need to inform. That's how we help give people comfort in uncertain times. Finally, fourth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, Paul said this. He comforted them by calling them into a walk that was worthy of God. Things have now come full circle. I said I was going to challenge 
the predominant thinking about comfort, maybe? Here it is. The comfort that God offers is not primarily concerned with physical peace, physical feeling good. It's about providing His verdict of peace in your life during difficult times when you are connecting those difficult times as an effect of sin. And you can appreciate and understand that. It's not about me feeling good. It's about me being good. And now, how would we comfort people any better than calling them, challenging them, helping them to live the worthy Christian life? That is real comfort. I've heard it said many times, when someone has been in a very difficult situation, how do people who do not believe in God get through things like this? Because it's the idea of finding comfort in the difficulty that is the signature of Christianity. I hope today that you are comforted by these thoughts. And I hope that we will remind ourselves where the uncomfortable things originate and why they're here. Let us reach out to each other, continually helping, trying to give spiritual comfort in difficult times. Jesus came for that very purpose, to give us spiritual comfort by taking away sin through the sacrifice of His Son, giving us a brand new relationship and a brand new opportunity to be brand new people. If you're not a child of God as of yet, wouldn't it be great to be immersed into Jesus Christ? Wouldn't it be great to come back to Him from whom you have strayed? Please let us know if we can be of comfort to you in a spiritual way helping you have spiritual peace as the primary thing, please don't hesitate to call. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, may God bless our country and our church and each one of us as we look for God's comfort during times of mourning. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.